0: This is the Young Farmers Podcast. My name is Jessica Manley from the National Young Farmers Coalition, and today I'm going to be speaking with Michelle Hughes, the Coalition's Equity and Organizational Change Director, about the new accountability report she authored. The report gives a detailed overview of young farmers' equity transformation and aims to be a guide for organizations and individuals working to better serve BIPOC farmers and communities. We dive into what it means to truly be accountable, what Michelle learned in her research with BIPOC farmers and partners, how we handle pushback, and how you can get involved. Here's our conversation.
1: Hi, I'm Emily from Three Springs Farm in Oaks, Oklahoma. I've been a member of the National Young Farmers Coalition since 2011 because I believe in having representation in Washington for young farmers. For $35 a year, you can join too. In addition to being part of a bright and just future for agriculture in the United States, you'll also get discounts like 10% off So True Seed and 10% off Farm Tech. To join, go to youngfarmers.org. Let's start,
0: um, can you tell us, who you are, your name, and and what you do, what you do at Young Farmers?
1: Yeah, my name is Michelle Hughes. I serve as Equity and Organizational Change Director for the Coalition. I live on Anacostan land in Virginia, just outside Washington D.C., um, and I consider myself a young farmer on hiatus. I've served on the organizing, federal policy, and operations teams before I took on this management role in. January of last year. So January 2020. But, you know, I've always kind of done equity work. And my journey has brought me to young farmers and the journey within young farmers has brought me to this position.
0: How many years have you been with the coalition now?
1: Um, I think that next week will be four years. Wow. I know. It doesn't feel a thing. (laughs) It doesn't feel like that long, honestly. I mean, I've served in so many different roles now and so many different positions that I feel like I know all of the inner workings. Um, So at Young Farmers, we we are in the process
0: of a long-term strategic plan um, where we're working on rewriting our mission, our vision and guiding principles and reframing our theory of change, kind of looking ahead to the future with our commitment to racial equity at the core of that process. And we've also been undergoing a racial equity transformation organizationally for the past couple of years with the goal of becoming an anti-racist organization and and more fully and equitably serving farmers and communities of color. And just last month, we published our first accountability report, which you were the primary author of and Maybe we can start by talking a little bit about the kind of goals that you had in writing this this report.
1: So the accountability report feels like, you know, really a piece of me that's been put out into the world. So I feel very, a little sensitive about it, but also so proud and grateful for the opportunity to write something like this. There were a lot of goals for the report. Um, One was we wanted to, acknowledge our history, the history of the organization, the history of our, the industry we work in, agriculture. We wanted to just acknowledge that and say it explicitly in the very beginning. The breaking pattern section is the section that does that specifically. Um, but I think there were a lot of things, a lot of other things. I mean, we wanted to give a chronicle of our racial equity transformation process to our farmers. I think people hear about it on Uh, Sort of a really small scale, whether they're participating in a fellowship with us or, you know, serving on a committee, they hear about our racial equity transformation, but we didn't really have a way to talk to our network about the larger framework. And so this is a way to provide, you know, both an acknowledgement of the history and kind of the steps we've taken and the ones that we plan to take. To take our process even further I think it's important for everyone that's a part of this coalition to understand kind of what our stance is what this process means for us
0: yeah I think you said you said something about that in the report that it was so necessary um, as we're really moving forward in our equity transformation like we had to, have an accounting of how we got to where we are now and really understand um, who we are as an organization and the shared understandings that we hold. And also looking back to the relationships that we've held and the harm that we've caused. And so you undertook the the kind of tremendous process of, of having those conversations, those interviews with BIPOC staff, BIPOC leaders from partner orgs, and farmers in our network I'd love to hear a little bit more about what that process was like of actually researching for this report and kind of understanding the work that we've done and the impact that we've had
1: you know it was rewarding to have those conversations because I it's not very often that staff that are primarily internal which although I interact with a lot of people externally I my role is pretty internal um it's really important, I think, for us to touch base with the people that are working with for our partner organizations in the field, and our farmers, like it's important for internal folks to touch base with them as well. Um, In addition to the people that like foster and strengthen our relationship with them on a more daily, weekly, monthly basis. Um, So those were conversations that were super deep that like I hadn't really had with many of those people before some of them I was meeting for the first time but we interviewed seven farmers and 15 partner organization staff between summer and fall 2020 something that really stayed with me since then and I think this is like one of the more beautiful things about the report is like you know when you go through and do a thematic analysis of interview data you look for co- common themes and the themes from the interviews with farmers and partner organization staff, many of which are farmers. One of the themes that really struck me was their focus on building more community in our movement. Every single person wanted to talk about like how to strengthen our movement, build more community, show up for each other. You know, despite a tumultuous history with the organization or maybe a specific staff person or another farmer, everyone still wants to work with With us, like everyone still wants to work together. They're looking for more collaboration, more looking out for each other, more showing up. So that was really nice and quite a surprise given the time we were in and still are.
0: Yeah, that's something that stuck out to me in reading the report as well. Also that the individual relationships with some of our staff and other farmers in the network, that those were the, the things, those relationships were the most valuable part of their experience in working with us and that, that, that's been, yeah, so key to building trust and, um, and the community that you were talking about. So yeah, that's, that's so nice to hear. And also I'm sure that that was um, lovely to hear when you were also having to hold a lot of accounts of harm or some negative feedback as well. I'm sure that wasn't an easy part of the research no, no. how did you no. how did
1: you handle that most of the people that provided critical feedback which was everyone um, <laughs> I, we, we specifically asked for it mm-hmm. um, but it was very gracious right like these are people that I some of the you know they're leaders in their organizations um, and leaders in agriculture and leaders in our network um, so I think they have a really intricate understanding because they're members of our community of like how you know and and they're all people who are existing at intersecting identities themselves like I am and so they understand the role that I'm in working for an organization that is historically white it did come with some grace so that was nice I mean you know nevertheless it's difficult I think anyone who does work focused on diversity equity or inclusion specifically or you know there's a lot of ways to describe it, but anyone that does this kind of work, I think there's an, just an emotional price that it comes with. But the biggest thing that I've learned from a lot of like elders and people that I consider giants in this work is that equity work, you, no matter how personal you f- it feels and how attached you become to it, it really isn't about you remembering that perspective and going into it knowing that I'm actually working on behalf of and with the support of so many other people, you know, it reminds me that even in the toughest conversations, there is a movement still happening, and it's nice to be a part of it. Following up on that,
0: in the conversations that you had in researching this report or in writing it, I'm wondering if there were outcomes that were surprising to you or especially interesting or any learnings about anything that you changed your mind about during this work that that really stuck out to you
1: i think one of the more tactical things is the human resources and operations audit that's featured in the intentional program design section of the
0: report in that section of the report we kind of provided some examples of projects or programs that we have changed or designed to center equity more as we move forward. And the HR and ops audit
1: was, was one of those examples. Right. Right. And it was so rewarding and felt much more creative than I expected it to. So I think that was really surprising. Like the amount of creativity, in human resources and operations work, I think is a little underestimated. Yeah, I mean, I've worked in operations in the past, but not equity-focused operations, and I just think it's like a different world. Um, it creates like an excitement and an accountability mm. to human resources, and that I think just you know is really lacking broadly uh, in the workforce. So yeah, the HR and ops audit was a piece of the work we did last year, and you know, it's kind of an annual process, but it gave us an opportunity to create systems. And there are limitations to that work, but creating a system that's compliant, efficient, and equitable, there's just so much impact to that, that that has on the organization staff and the network as a whole. And that feels really significant. And I think like, really, that's like the really most rewarding part of this work, you know, is that when you can say your intent matches your impact. Yeah, I love
0: that idea. Can you say more about that? Your intent matches your impact and what that what that means and how people might be able to to use that in their own work.
1: When I say intent versus impact, this is kind of my accountability philosophy. I think if you set out to do something, you know, we set out to do a lot of things in this transformation process. um, And we have a framework that we follow. But even that framework, right, it has an intention that you know, we're going to create this equitable atmosphere for young farmers. But it's important at at the end of that, at the end of any part of the process to look and say, you know, did we actually do that? Like, was our impact actually that we created an equitable future for young farmers? Or did we intend to do that? And, you know, turns out there are actually some other impacts that that had. Or so I think that that's what's being accountable is kind of like keeping yourself in check and making Mm -hmm. sure that you know you're actually doing the work that you set out to do Mm -hmm. and the only way to figure that out is to talk to the people that you're trying to help right
0: yeah and internally also like we've changed all of our work so that we're using more metrics tracking and um you know we quarterly Mm -hmm. meetings and a a whole Mm -hmm. new structure for the project structure for our work so that you know, yeah. we are constantly doing that kind of measuring up of, of outcomes. And I think that's a process, you know, that's something that I'm I'm hopeful that the report and also just our equity transformation at Young Farmers, like some of those systems that we've developed can be helpful for other organizations. They can also be helpful for farmers. They can be helpful for any individual interested in furthering their, their equity work.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's you know another goal of the report. It's really, really helpful to frame our work for our farmers and to talk about our work. But primarily, agriculture professionals will could use this use the report easily as a tool. You know, if they would like an example of the kind of work they could be leading at their nonprofit or state department of ag or even their farm. They could use this report as a tool for designing, you know, their first year of a transformation or even a smaller project, I think.
0: Yeah, so that's another exciting thing coming up that after after this report launch, you're going to be actually doing some consulting with partner orgs. Do you want to tell us a little bit about about the workshops you're going to be running?
1: So just to give a little bit of background, um, we do get ad hoc requests from other organizations that are in our network um, to host a conversation, maybe like this one, um, that includes a presentation on our racial equity transformation. Uh, it will go through all the pieces in the report in a bit more detail, and then you know we'll have a QA and a at the end. So you know, we kind of have been doing these on an ad hoc basis, or I will help someone workshop an operations procedure, uh, hiring process, or the like. So the consulting services are kind of a way to formalize that a bit, um, and you know, to be a bit more accountable to who we're working with, um, and just being a little bit more aware of where the organizations in our ecosystem are on their journey. So, yeah, just another form of accountability, kind of in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, But the consulting services are actually only a piece. So there is another part outside of the consulting services. There's other ways to engage and participate in the follow-up to the release of the report. We're having a webinar on Wednesday, June 23rd at four o'clock Eastern. So Jessica, our lovely host today, will be moderating (laughs) a conversation between myself, Martine, one of our co-executive directors, Sophie, our other co-executive director, um, and Kelly, a member of our board, will be talking about the report. They were integral to the drafting of the report, helped me think through every step of the way. Um, They, including Jessica, for the record, um, helped me think through the report. So it will be really exciting to have a more in-depth conversation with our larger network that day. But after that, we'll be doing some follow-up webinars that will be focused specifically on communications, operations, and grant making. Hopefully that other folks will be able to come to and work on uh, with us.
0: Yeah, and we can drop the links to to register for those uh, sessions in the show notes. Really looking forward to those conversations as well. I'd love to hear a bit more, kind of broadly, about what's what's coming up next
1: for for young farmers and our as and our, our equity work. I think there's so much in store. You know, as I'm writing this report and. Even as I read it now being published, it already, things are changing so fast. There's pieces of it that are already outdated. I can't write as fast as things are happening here. You know, I'm trying to sort of spread the knowledge from the equity program out into the rest of the organization. And as we continue to hire people who are serious um, equity professionals and have like a very sophisticated analysis on intersectionality, we will continue to evolve. We're in the midst of a strategic planning process. And uh, the framework in the report and the report takeaways have really been like integral to the strategic plan. So I imagine it will play a role as we advance into the strategic planning implementation phase, which is really exciting. So yeah, hard to say, but expect more change. (laughs) (laughs) We're ready for it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whenever we publish a report like this, or as over the past couple of years, we have become more progressive in our equity transformation and speaking about the history of injustice in the agriculture system. There are people in our network and some of our followers who will push back. And you know they, they ask why, why it's so important for young farmers as an ag policy organization to be talking about equity and accountability, you know, and working in, in communications. A lot of my time is spent in these conversations kind of explaining why this work is important, you know, and I can share a little bit about what, what I say, but I'd love to hear um, from you about why you feel, what you say to this pushback and, and kind of why you feel that young farmers needs to be
1: a strong voice in this area. I have a lot to say about it. Yeah, I think the reality for me is everyone should be diving into equity and accountability work. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a number of reasons why historically white organizations in agriculture should be leading the charge. I don't want to go through all the reasons or you know the history of this country and agriculture, but we know that agriculture and racism are siblings. Mm-hmm. And I think for that reason alone. Those of us with the power and privilege to do so, those historically white organizations mentioned above, should be the protagonist in repairing the agriculture field. So I think it's just a completely unfounded statement to say that Young Farmers is not the right organization to do this work. I think, you know, we've seen the work of Black and brown folks in agriculture and the strides that Black and brown people have made in the movement towards an actual sustainable future for agriculture are immense. But in my opinion, I don't think the work should be on us, us meaning people of color. I think the work should be on these organizations. We've gotten to a place where Young Farmers is
0: a fairly large organization and we have mm-hmm. a large platform. We have relationships with so many policymakers and Exactly. So many influential folks across the, the country that, you know, that our voice is being listened to. And I think it is our responsibility at this point to bring the voices of marginalized folks into, into conversations that they haven't been invited to historically. You know, we've also done... A lot of work to create resources for people who don't yet have maybe the basic understanding of what you're talking about, of the history of agriculture being so entangled with racism and violence. And um, we have our racial equity toolkit. That's a really great starting point. It has so many resources in it for kind of learning more about this history. I often hear from from critics in the network saying, you know, let's let's not spend so much time talking about equity, let's just treat everybody equally. And that really doesn't work when everybody isn't starting off from an equal starting line. I don't have to tell you this, but how many, you know, there's so much work that we have to do to kind of get everybody on equal footing so that that they can benefit equally from from the same policies, the same programs. So we can link to our equity toolkit, several statements that we put out over the years, but we're just really welcoming everybody to kind of join us. Uh, so many of our our white white farmers who who may not be involved yet in in equity work. There's so much to be done,
1: and the time to start is right now if you haven't already. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the report is more than a chronicle; it's an invitation. There isn't any right way to do this. The report is an account. It's an example. Mm -hmm. It's, it's not a path line with gold. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, So I hope that we're not selling any pipe dreams. But I I think it's a really easy way for people to get involved in this work. And it doesn't have to be limited to agriculture. I think if there are people that work in adjacent fields, you know, environmental or conservation work, it could be very useful to them Mm -hmm. as well and you know to those who who are really concerned about not talking about equity right now i just want you to challenge yourself to figure out ways that you can be talking about equity right now because the rest of the world is i just think my response to people asking why young farmers you know focus so much on equity is honestly we don't really have any other choice mm-hmm. right i mean we're paying attention so we're focusing on equity.
0: I feel like the breaking pattern section, thats those are incredibly useful framings for individuals in the world. You know, it can be used by farmers, yeah. it can be used in your chapters in your communities. So I think there's so much that can be pulled out here for a really broad audience of readers. So of course, we will link to the report in the show notes. If you haven't read it yet, it's available for free download on our website, youngfarmers.org. Michelle, is there anything else that I haven't asked you about that you that you wanted to speak about?
1: Well, I've always done equity work, even as a farmer. I mean, then I had to demand people to treat me even respectfully, because their identity is closer to that of a farmer than mine will ever be, in their opinion. Mm -hmm. Looking back, it isn't all that different from the work featured in the report, except that we demand all farmers that look like I do are given the tools they need to thrive at the institutional and not just interpersonal level, which is the one that I became really comfortable with. So I think the report, while it does exist to promote systemic and structural change within organizations or small agriculture institutions there are some spaces like you mentioned in the breaking pattern section where you could implement this on an interpersonal level.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So who, who do you see as the primary audience for the report? Who are the people that, that were really, you know, in the definition of accountability, thats that's answering to someone and being responsible for your actions? Who do you see as this
1: report answering to? Well, I should take a step back and say, the report has a lot of purposes but I think there were three big ones that are mentioned in the introduction section. Uh, the first is to acknowledge historical inequities in the agriculture system. The second was to provide a public chronicle of the first year of our racial equity transformation. And the third was to describe our process, hopefully, you know, such that an or another organization could get some insight for their own course of action a similar course of action at their organization. Mm-hmm. Um, acknowledging historical inequities in the agriculture system includes our role in perpetuating those inequities. And so I think, you know, the first thing is, of course, the reports for our farmers, the breaking pattern section of the report kind of acknowledges that everyone in this coalition, specifically those existing at the intersection of marginalized identities, the breaking pattern section of the report attempts to acknowledge that everyone in this coalition, specifically those existing at the intersection of marginalized identities haven't been heard the same way as the mainstream farmer. Um, Mm. It's important to reckon with that history and the role we've played in it and the steps we can take to prioritize those farmers now. You have to recognize the past to grow a future that we all want together. But I think the other huge audience for it is, you know, agriculture professionals. This is an example of the kind of work they could be leading at their nonprofit organization or State Department of Agriculture or even their farm, you know, for a producer or grower. They could use this report as a tool for designing their first year of a racial equity transformation or even something smaller. I mean, there's a lot of projects featured in the report that could be implemented at a lot of organizations that do similar programmatic work to young farmers.
0: I want to thank you so much for talking with us today. I want to thank you for this report. It is a tremendous amount of work on your behalf and I think something that's going to be so helpful to so many people and so many organizations moving forward. If you haven't read the report yet, you can download it for free at youngfarmers.org slash 2020 accountability report. We want to hear what you think about it. What did you learn? How can you incorporate some of your learnings into your own work in life? Send us a message at press at youngfarmers.org, or you can follow along and comment on Instagram at youngfarmerspodcast. You can also support this important work by becoming a member of the National Young Farmers Coalition today at youngfarmers.org slash join. Please rate, subscribe, and comment wherever you download your podcasts. And if you learned something important on this episode, share it with someone you love. Thanks so much and take care of each other out there.